this is the 28th of January. It's the birthday of the French writer Colette, 1873. Yesterday was Venerable Jan birthday. His, his body was born 30 years ago. But as a person, he's born continuously, isn't he? <laughs> the body gets born. Colette is dead. <laughs> so, so Colette is a, what is is a is something you find in Raphael's Almanac. <laughs> <coughs> So, birth is the beginning, death is the end. <coughs> Investigate this to the reflective, reflect on this a lot, on the ending of things. Notice that, <coughs> like in the, the beginning of the day, that not many of you seem to be out walking in the, at the dawn. I just met one other person on the field this morning. But uh, contemplate the, the, the way light increases. It's the beginning of a day, isn't it? That's the way the, the darkness is being penetrated by light. <coughs> and darkness starts fading out. And uh, then there's a, a dimness. It's neither day nor night. It's dawn. <coughs> and then the light gains ascendance and darkness is dispelled. It's called daytime. And then at, at dusk, it's neither day or, or nor night. It's changing from day, where the light element, the light quality of light fades out and disappears, and there's just the dark, which is called night. <coughs> these are the cycles, natural cycle. This is Dhamma. The, dark, the day and the, the night, dark and light. Being born, growing up, getting old, and dying. It's just a normal way of things. It's just uh, nature and it's the Dhamma. And in uh, meditation, you contemplate the, this fading out process. This is just as the light fades out uh, into the into the darkness, and even though it's dark, say just on the level of sight in your eyes, there's still the brightness within the mind. If you're awake and alert, isn't it? If you're if you're alert and awake, and you're not caught in moods and feelings and attachments, then then you, uh, then even though it's dark, your eyes only see the dark, or you're feeling sick, or you're getting old, or you're dying, or whatever's happening, <clears throat> there's the knowing, this knowing, this awakened knowing, this brightness, that you can, 
you cannot n not be that because you are attached to the conditions. You get stuck <coughs> on the aramanas. So if you're if you're getting old, like Nanabira now is getting old, isn't he? If you're getting old, um, and you're thinking, I'm getting old, I'm 30 years old now. <laughs> when your mind, that's not very old. And you're, then, then you're stuck on the Ramana, on the views of self, on the, on the, uh, me as the body, and my body is, is, is uh, getting any younger, and I'm going to die. But if there's the light, the enlightened mind, the pure mind, then there's a the knowing of all this, it's just a natural process. Just like watching the dawn, and seeing the light element increase, you don't think, oh, now I'm... I'm the light, do you? You don't attach to the light that the sun brings and say, that's me. Why is that? Why don't you say the sunlight is me and mine? Because you see it as something separate, don't you? You see it as a, a Ramana that you don't, you, you're just not con pretty conditioned to perceive as being mine. And so when it's, when it's night and it's dark and cold, and stormy, you don't think, oh, I'm dark and cold and stormy, do you? You say, the weather, what horrible weather is, dark and... You just, because you're not attached to it as a self, you're not attached to nighttime as being oneself. So you see it as just the way things change. And that's what you do with your body. You, you separate. You, you begin to see the body as, as like the days and nights that pass by. The body is like this. It's not, it's sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, it has its, its birth, it's growing up to maturity, physical maturity. It kind of holds itself for a while on a level of, of, uh, of stability, of, Fair, fair amount of stability and then it starts definitely aging and degenerating into uh, going toward death of the body. Aging process. Just like <coughs> the twilight and then the night. But the, the knowing is the same, isn't it? You're, if you're in the knowing, then it's What's known is just that this is the way it is, that things change and are impermanent and are not self. It's not, it's no longer jumping for joy when the sun comes out and crying and, and weeping when, when the black clouds appear. That's what the ignorant person does. They just, they jump for joy at the happiness, success, good fortune, praise of, of, uh, of the worldly situations, and they get miserable and depressed and despairing about the suffering, the, the criticisms, the, the failures, the misery that we experience. So on that level you're, you're jumping for joy and then you're going, sinking, falling into the pits of hell.
if you jump for joy, then you're going to go to hell. Because it all is based on, on reaction, isn't it? On grasping this and grasping that. But if you abide more in the knowing, the mindfulness, wisdom, then, then the process is seen. It's still day, beautiful sunlight, days, beautiful springtime, use. Uh, all these things are appreciated for what they are, but they're not attached to. They're not, you don't get stuck <coughs> onto them anymore. And then, if you're not stuck on anything, then you're not, then you're adaptable and you're, uh, res you can respond. Respond sensibly and beautifully to uh, life's experiences. <coughs> but just noticing that, uh, develop a kind of poetic, uh, philosophic, attitude. So I'm just watching the way things change here. And with your with eye consciousness, just the 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 light elements increasing now. It's the going towards the summer towards the spring equinox, isn't it? So it's the the new year arising to summer solstice. It it reaches the the peak of of long, beautiful long days in the summertime, isn't it? you have here in, in England. Long, long days of light, almost till nine, 9.30 at night, <coughs> 10 o'clock, at the summer solstice, which is in June, around June 21st. And so from the winter solstice to the summer solstice, the, just that whole period is a period of increase of light, just on day, longer days, the days are getting longer and longer and longer. And then after the summer solstice, the dark element increases. And it just happens year after year after year. Every year is like that. Except if you're in the antipodes, then it's the reverse, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> watching the comings and goings of people just the the the, the say with people the, the the gladness at meeting somebody you like see somebody coming you haven't seen for a while and then the separation when they go and so forth just observe this just what it's like as an experience <clears throat> So that your life here is because our life is always involved with the coming and going and life is it's always coming people are always coming and going or, or oneself <coughs> coming and going and on meeting if you're going to a place you like and you're meeting people you like or like you and it's all then there's a happiness I go to the Ajahn Jakro and I'll tell you out of the the out of the uh, immigration the Perth and all the people are waiting there and smiling and with all this happiness you know <coughs> how are you and all this and then there's the then then the time to leave and people come and say goodbye it's a different feeling isn't it hello and goodbye it's a different feeling 
That's, that's just what life is about, isn't it? It's, it's hellos and goodbyes. So that your hello is the, is the beginning and goodbye is the end. Are you contemplating beginnings and endings, the samadhaya and nirodha truths? As, you, as you're experiencing life, in, in the ordinariness of life, and just uh, not the, don't wait for the sensational, fantastic experiences. Uh, Dhamma is to be penetrated here and now. Santitiko, Akariko, Ehipasiko, Upanayako, Bhajitang, Vaitidapo, Vinili. And the more you, you reflect in this way, then, then you, you're more aware of the flow, the flux, and change of the sense realm that we're very much involved with. The tendency to, to fall back into the rigid patterns of attachment and views and perceptions as a kind of fixed ways of seeing everything, fixed positions, fixed attitudes. You see, where, where a bhutuchana is a word for unenlightened human being, bhutuchanas always see things from a fixed position. It's always the me and the kind of permanent me and and things are are they make assumptions as if you are always somebody the, the, the perception of my mind you are always that person that I that I the perception that I have is is you where when you're reflecting you see the perception of you is a perception of you it's not you it's the perception say, Chandrasiri, is in my mind, that's not her. So, the perception of Sister Chandrasiri, that's in my mind, isn't it? No, that's not her. What I perceive her as, you know, the, the quality or the characteristics, that's in my mind, isn't it? If I attach to that, those perceptions, as a way always of of, of uh, relating to her, then that's a very conditioned. Uh, you, you 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 condition each other. You get caught in reinforcing the perceptions you have of each other. That's why relationships. They talk of modern uh, new age people always talk about working out their relationships. Well, as long as you, if you don't know the nature of perception and you're attached to them, then relationships are, they're kind of, they're, they're, they can be just kind of conditioning, getting caught in, in positioning yourself with somebody, not <coughs> being free from delusions about the nature of things. Like the perception of Mrs. Thatcher, that's in, that's in my mind, isn't it? That's not Mrs. Thatcher. That's the perception I have of, of Mrs. Thatcher. She did this, and she said that, she's the Prime Minister, and she's this way, and she's that way, and she's done this and done that. And a lot of that can be based on actual facts and truths, but, but that's not, that's, but that what you have in your mind is a perception, that's not a person, that's not a real, that's not what she is. It's what you believe she is. 
you, uh, you, you, if you have never penetrated and looked at uh, this nature of perception of our ability to perceive so that the vipassana or insight practice is to open the mind to this to this mirror-like reflectiveness watching, listening attention to the way things are openness to life as one as it as one is experiencing it in whatever forms it might manifest. So this, this way breaks down all this, this, uh, this tendency to grasp, as you do this, tendency to, to hold on to views and opinions as something you've got to, that are kind of absolutes, absolute positions that you have on life. Fixed rigid uh, attitudes and positions you take on issues or on yourself or on Buddhism or on anything whatsoever. So here in, in England, say, we, in our life here in Amavati is a life of, of witnessing the way things change. <coughs> Even the community, the way things change in the community. Sometimes it gets better, sometimes it gets worse. Sometimes it's everybody's getting on and everybody's well and everybody's happy. Sometimes it's some are disillusioned, some are inspired. Sometimes unfortunate things happen and you know, that's, that's that's the experience of living and breathing and consciousness. So, as, a, as meditators, and we were, this is why we can we can see it and know it for what it is. Now, if you want, if you get attached to what Amaravati should be, then then you can be very critical or very averse to anyone that disrupts it or causes change or whatever. Or if you have fixed views, and or you you want it you, you want it to become an ideal place. We've got to make Anavati the best monastery. It's got to be the. We've really got to get in there and cooperate and really really make it perfect example to the world of perfection of humanity. All that. Right. And there's that kind of desire to, to make it into something. Uh, and so then when, when you do that, then you're going to suffer because you're never going to quite succeed. Uh, even if you do kind of succeed, then it changes. Monasteries change, just like, every, just like we do in the day and night. And it's the flow, the natural flow and movement of things. <coughs> so you, you might perceive... A, once we get all the building work done, we get all the buildings insulated and everything done, all the window frames painted, and Sister Gintami's painted all the windows properly, and then <laughs> once we get that done, then, then we, can, we can dig up the tarmac in the courtyard and put in beautiful go flower garden, dharma garden, and, uh, and that, then, then once we build the, the, the permanent uh, stupa out in the field, 
And once that's finished, then we're going to have this perfect monastery where we won't have to do anything. We'll just sit back and meditate. Because we'll have everything, and everything will be just what we want. That's, that, that's an idea in the head, isn't it? It's, I've never seen that happen. Like Arjun Jaka was telling me that when Lumpur Cha built the Uposita Hall at Wat Bapo, I mean, that was built this kind of fantastically uh, modern, almost like something out of Brasilia, kind of uh, <coughs> ultra-modern Uposita Hall. Because that ties that become absolutely fascinated with concrete. And so... <laughs> <laughs> so they they love to build concrete things, cement and all that. Because you can form it and mold it and do all kinds of things with cement. And so they built this amazing building. They said now it's kind of big cracks in it. <laughs> and that was only a few years ago. So that. Once you get, you know, once you get the temple building and everything, then the teacher gets sick. Or dies and does something. It's changed, isn't it? So with all the, 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 the kind of refurbishing of building and, and, and that kind of energy and, and necessity of, of doing that, also, we, 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 we realize we're just doing it moment by moment. And any ideas we have of, but once we get this done, then, and once we get that done, and then, and then, uh, you know, then it goes this idea of of trying to get everything done and finished is an illusion, isn't it? Because as soon as you finish something, then there's, there's something else starts. That's the conditioned realm. It's it's the realm of birth and death, of beginnings and endings. And there's constant flow and movement. The flux and change of the conditioned realm is like this. And so the refuge is in Buddha and Dhamma, Sangha, rather than in uh, stone buildings, concrete temples, and all of that. We can build maybe a super-duper reinforced concrete temple that that no that nuclear weapons, nuclear bombs couldn't destroy. Underground, thick cement walls, concrete walls, reinforced with steel, and and everything got kind of the special air conditioning and and all kinds of super modern technological miracles. And that would be the refuge. <laughs> or any more, what, not so, the Buddha Dhamma is not so heavy, is it? Not. Well, last night's talk, into the, the ending of things, how things, the fading out, the way things, beware in your mind of, of how things end in it, just the feelings you have. Stay with the feelings you have until they, they're, they're gone, till they cease. 
this sense of the fading out of them is, is, is realized, the fading out process of what arises ceases. So that if, if you're suffering, and then watch the feeling of suffering, of being unhappy or confused or sad or whatever, and, and just bide with the feeling of it. And, uh, and, and, and then when it's not there, you realize the end, that's the end of it, that's the, the death of that feeling, that's the cessation. <clears throat> then there's a, when, that, when you do that, then there's a real peacefulness to the mind, a real sense of inner peace. You can sit there in the meditation hall and just feel very, very peaceful because everything ceased for you. If you notice that, when you're really feeling content and calm and, uh, and totally content and at ease, it's when you've let everything go and allowed things to cease in your mind. And you're not trying to do something, or you're not caught in that, I've got to do this and I should be doing that. And you, you let all that kind of compulsiveness cease too. You just let it, you've not suppressed it, but you, you've just been patient and waiting for it to take its natural course to cessation, as all conditions do. So then you, then the result of that is a, is a peacefulness, peaceful heart, contentment, just being alert, awake, bright, not dull, not, uh, not asleep, Realize that that, what, what, that that is that is the the purity of your mind. It's the pure mind. Then when desire comes, a, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And this person didn't do their chores. <laughs> get caught into into indignation or grumbling or worrying or anxiety and that's not peaceful is it that's always it's always very kind of irritating you're caught in irritate being irritated and annoyed by the way things happen to be but we have to bear with that don't we because life is like that so much of this this world is, is irritating. It's, it's, it can't help but be irritating. It's just the way things are. But to know peace allows you to, to not just be continuously irritated and trying to suppress it all. You, you find a refuge where you have a perspective on the irritations of the sensory experience in which you're not creating misery in your mind over the irritating uh, way that things happen to manifest and disappear. So again, uh, uh, this is the getting towards the end of January. January is nearly over. Just began, didn't it? And then uh, seemed like it just began. What happened to January? Well, the 1980. <laughs> and February. Well, probably whiz by 
depending on how happy or miserable you are. 